turn down the lights, the Toho gang have another ghost story for you. Greedy men and a lovelorn spirit make for compounding tragedy in episode 65, Ugetsu. Welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro. I'm your host for this episode, V, and joining me as always are Joey. Hello. And Alex. Hi. And in this episode, we're talking about Kenji Mizuguchi's Ugetsu. Uh, Full title, Ugetsu Monogatari or roughly translated, Tales of Moonlight and Rain. Mm. Uh, Did either of you have any history with this film? No, I'd heard of it, but honestly didn't. When you brought it up uh, last episode, I didn't even remember what movie it was. The title sounded familiar, but um, this is about as blind as I've gone into anything. (laughs) (laughs) Alex? Yeah, none whatsoever. Um... You know, obviously some of the content is familiar just due to tropes and, you know, other stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've never, never heard of this, never seen it before. Uh, so this was a blind watch for me as well. So I didn't, I didn't know much about this movie either. Uh, I knew it was a ghost story and I knew the like iconic image of the kind of scary looking maiden with her eyebrows drawn Mm -hmm. like halfway up her forehead. But that's all I really knew about it going into. Um, Yeah. And that's like not unique to this movie that look, right? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely like (laughs) I had it. We can get into this later, but I had an instance where when she first showed up, I was like, okay, well, this is the ghost. And then (laughs) a little bit later, I kind of questioned that. I was like, I wonder if she's not going to be the ghost. But (laughs) Um, yeah, fashion standards were real, real different uh, then. Uh, But like you said, we can get more into that. Uh, this is our first Kenji Mizuguchi movie, who is uh, widely regarded as one of the like titans of Japanese film that we haven't really touched on before. Um, but he uh, he got Western acclaim for this movie. Uh, the film before his this that he made, Life of Oharu, is generally considered to be his like magnum opus. Mm. Uh, within his his catalog, he's also known over here for uh, Sancho the Bailiff. Oh, yeah. That's been one I've been meaning to see for a long time. I think this is the only film of his I've seen. Yeah, it's the only one of his that, that I've seen so far. Yeah, same. He, uh, he had a, a very rough upbringing. His father was a successful businessman when he was younger, but uh, around the time of the Russian-Japanese War... He made a bad business bet and the family was destitute and Mizuguchi drifted from vocation to vocation. His uh, younger sister ended up being forced into being a geisha. Hmm. And his relationship with his sister uh, apparently drives a lot of themes of uh, the burdens of womanhood and being victimized and put upon by society throughout a lot of his movies. That tracks. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, and even though, so he died in 1956, just a few years after this movie at age 58, but still managed to direct over 70 movies. Um, a lot of his earlier output was adaptations of Western literature for Nikatsu. Hmm. Uh, Ugetsu specifically is an adaptation of a few stories from Ueda Akinari's ghost story collection of the same name. Uh, that book itself is adapted from a bunch of Chinese ghost stories that Akinari then repurposed and set in Japan. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, this was uh, adapted into screenplay by Matsutaru Kawaguchi, who is a writer and producer and a long-term collaborator with Mizuguchi uh, Yoshikata Yoda. Listening to a lot of uh, interviews and commentaries with people who worked with him, uh, Mizuguchi was apparently terrible to work with. And... He, uh, he delegated a lot of work and just had an inscrutable vision that he would not actually uh, describe to anybody else. Oh, boy. <laughs> so even though Yoda worked on a ton of movies with Mizuguchi, Mizuguchi would constantly force him to do multiple rewrites and would eventually just on set uh, basically rewrite half the script himself. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, he's also uh, infamous for long takes and forcing his actors to do the takes over and over and over and, until they got it right with uh, with very little direction in terms of like what the characters were supposed to be feeling or what they were supposed to be doing and more just trying demanding that they do it better and that it be a reflection of the the emotion of the scene. Mm. Um, so he, he just seemed to be a monster to work with. Yeah, that's a, ain't that the way sometimes <laughs> <laughs> with these master directors. Um, going to the cast, uh, uh, our, our primary character, Ginjiro, is played by Masayuki Mori, who is uh, maybe better known for being in Rashomon. He's also in The Bad Sleep Well and a few other Kurosawa movies, as well as playing the uh, the crime boss in Satoichi and the Fire Festival. Oh, yeah, right. Cool. Uh, Ginjiro's wife, Kinuyo Tanaka, or Miyagi, is played by Kinuyo Tanaka, who was uh, in Redbeard mm-hmm. and uh, later became a director on her own. But uh, a major... She, she also appeared in many, many of Mizuguchi uh movies including the titular role in the life of oharu um and later interviews with contemporaries uh admitted that mizuguchi was very clearly in love with mm. kinuyo tanaka interesting but their uh their friendship spoiled when she applied to the uh the Japanese Directors Guild. I can't remember the actual title off the top of my head. Uh, and for reasons that are unclear to anyone, he motioned to deny it. Boo. Um, this was unsuccessful. Obviously, she went on to direct several films. But uh, that that moment kind of soured their friendship for the rest of Mizuguchi's 
wife. Hmm. Um, the secondary character, uh, Tobe, Ginjuro's uh, compatriot and friend, and, uh, uh, I guess business helper, <laughs> is played by Eitaru Ozawa, who uh, mostly went on to do a bunch of gangster films, uh, but also shows up in Zatoichi Challenged and the new Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Uh, Tobey's wife, Ohama, is played by Mitsuko Mito, who is our first uh, alum in this episode, having played Oko in the Musashi Samurai movies. Oh, oh yeah. Well, and, and we had seen, uh, we'd covered Redbeard, too. Oh, yeah. I, for, I forgot. Yeah. She played, uh, Kinoyo Tanaka plays a pretty minor role in that. So I oh, okay. forgotten. Yeah. Um, that I even put that note there, even though I just read it. Uh, the the ghost, as we have already spoiled, is uh, <laughs> Lady Wakasa of of uh, Kutsuki Manor, played by Machiko Kyo, who is in uh, Floating Weeds and Gate of Hell. Her attendant, Ukon, is played by Kikue Mori, uh, who's also in Gate of Hell and Life of a Haru. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, Machiko Kyo... Uh, is is one of the more memorable uh, Torsan Madonnas uh, to me. Um, it's here, here's a little bit of a spoiler, but it, it's in a movie where he falls in love with a woman who has a terminal illness, and so it's you know a heavy one. Um, and so I just I remember her always from that. That's really neat. Um, Finally, for the the last member of the staff that I want to talk about is the uh, the music is done by composer Fumio Hayasaka and Ichiro Saito, who uh, was, Saito was Hayasaka, uh, Hayasaka's assistant. Much like everything else, Mizuguchi was uh, aloof about the production of the audio. He trusted Hayasaka implicitly with creating it, but uh, Hayasaka was ill at the time and couldn't travel to, from Tokyo to Kyoto to actually like look at dailies and uh, figure out when to put in the music. And it was apparently a huge ordeal hmm. getting getting it actually scored. Yeah, I thought the music was great. Um, yeah, it definitely yeah. helped with the, uh, the ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the the rough synopsis is uh, two farmers, one of whom uh, creates pottery. Uh, they have, as, as like a side business, uh, have just like made a small uh, amount of riches selling his pottery as a civil war kind of ravages the countryside. He decides to make uh, one more batch and go to a bigger city to try to make a huge profit. While uh, Tobe, his friend, is is in this to get armor and a spear so he can run off and become a samurai and become rich that way. Uh, even though the, the village elder warns Miyagi that the, the war is encroaching upon their village and she tries to get Ginjiro to stay at home and Ohama wants Tobe to stay at home as well, they insist on... Uh, making this pottery and going to sell it against their, the wishes of their wives. Eventually the civil war does spill over into their village, but they manage to escape. And 
insist on this plan to go sell pottery, eventually leaving both of their wives as the two of them go to the big city where they're actually very successful. But uh, Tobey runs off and manages to buy his armor and spear as he desired and leaves his wife uh, to become a samurai while uh, Ohama herself is now left abandoned and is accosted and assaulted by a bunch of roaming soldiers. Uh, she then becomes a prostitute to fend for herself. And Ginjiro uh, gets the, uh, the eye of a local uh, minor noble, Lady w- uh, Waxa, and uh, she declares her love for him. Uh, they get married, even though he has a wife and kid. She turns out to be a ghost. He flees back to his wife, but she has been killed while he's away, but is awaiting him in ghost form along with their still living child when he gets back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually he finds out the next morning that she's gone. Uh, Tobey and Ohahama have reunited and gone back to the simple farming life. And uh, everybody kind of lives happily ever after. Uh, Yeah, more or less. (laughs) Except for Miyagi, who seems to be satisfied as a ghost that her husband has gone back to the life he belongs in. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the little switcheroo that, you know, kind of midway through the movie, you do see her get stabbed. And I was like, oh, so that's what's happening is the lady that I thought was a ghost isn't a ghost and she's going to be the ghost. But then now we we get two ghosts for the price of one. (laughs) Too bad there's not a sequel where the two ghosts meet up. (laughs) Ghost cat Yeah. Who's the real wife? (laughs) Oh, man. It's making me think of Ned's Vegas wife. Um, Oh, God. (laughs) Alex, what's your uh, your overall verdict on this? Uh, I liked it. It's um. I, uh, you know, it's, I would, yeah, like when I went in thinking it would be a straight up ghost story, kind of like quite on, um, but I feel like the ghost story was only like half the story here. Uh, mm-hmm. I was mostly invested in Tobey's weird, like, you know, quest to become a samurai. Um, and I, I don't know, like when it came to, uh, Genjiro, I was like, all right, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna fall in love with uh this 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 ghost. When she like came to his uh when she came to buy stuff, I was like, that's the ghost. She's definitely the ghost. She looks like a ghost. <laughs> She's she she like wants him to come somewhere with it. Like that, yeah, it's like that's a ghost. Uh he's gonna fall in love with her. Like I feel like I feel like I've seen like I've seen that before. Uh mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's very uh typical of of Japanese ghost stories to uh have a uh, a woman goes to uh, who who must be married by uh, by a human or something like mm-hmm. you know just uh, uh, is missing was, yes exactly <laughs> yeah missing the love that she had when she was still wandering this earth so. uh, I I liked it yeah I liked it like it was um I I thought uh, there are a couple of parts that I thought were a little sleepy where I was sort of like okay let's let's move move along here but. Uh, I did think it was very well shot. I thought some of the, um, when we get to favorite scenes and stuff, I can talk about, I can talk about that. But, um, there are several scenes I thought that were really well shot and I would really be interested in seeing, uh, some of his other films, mm. uh, based on, based on that. Joey, what'd you think? 
I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I a thing that I was really impressed with with this movie is that it's like obviously a morality tale, but like there's a lot more nuance in it than a lot of the sort of like morality ghost story type stuff you might see. Like I thought that um, you know both of those men are like acting selfishly. Excuse me. Um, but like, I don't know, you can, you still see that they do actually love their wives and Mm -hmm. care for them, even though they're kind of blinded by their own selfishness. Like it's a sort of like out of sight, out of mind thing where it's not that they're like these terrible, cruel men. It's just that they're kind of like totally focused on their own stuff. And then they're just not they're absent minded, you know, they're not thinking of their wives, which, you know, is an important part of (laughs) being a couple. But, um, but that's the kind of nuance that I like about it. Like, um, I thought you could tell that when, um, the, the pottery, the potter was being proposed to that he was conflicted about it. And I really like the scene where the samurai guy like is reunited with his wife and is like, seems genuinely surprised that that she's not doing well you know <laughs> and it's yeah. like oh i i thought you'd be happy for me you know it's just because he's a dummy you know like mm-hmm. um and uh so i thought i thought that was really interesting and 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 well handled well and um and kind of along the same lines i also really appreciated how like desperate and starving the like soldiers were that would like raid the towns and stuff um you know what they were doing was obviously uh, horrendous and this isn't like an excuse for it, but like, I think it was trying to like really depict like how rough everything was and how desperate everything was at that time period, which also kind of helps inform the way that the two protagonists uh, are behaving, you know? Yeah. Listening to the, uh, one of the associate directors talk about the film, he talked about how, uh, they actually didn't want it to be a morality tale, which mm. obviously like it's it's roots in folklore is is the structure of a morality tale. But both uh, both Akinari's version of the stories that these are adapted from and the movie itself is really they, they wanted it to be just a uh, an illustration, like an abstract of life itself how sometimes people are selfish. Sometimes people are in love. Uh, sometimes people want love and they don't get it within their lifetime. Mm. Uh, cause like even, even lady Waxa is, she's not an evil ghost. She just longs for love that she never got before she was killed. Um, and so like the, the there is a lot of bad stuff going on, but like the privation of the soldiers uh, later on, they're, they're just trying to steal food to stay alive mm-hmm. and they're, they're doing awful things to get it, but it is, it is just a, an example of how tough the world can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, as for me, I kind of hate this movie. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it is, it is beautiful and well shot. Uh, I just really hate Ginjuru and, uh, Ginjuru and Tobey. Uh, so much. I don't, 
the movie does have that sympathy for them, but I, that's part of why I hate the movie is I don't think they're deserving of it. Um, uh, as, as I was watching this with my wife and I told, uh, we were talking about how like Ginjiro, uh, has two ghost wives and that's too cool. He doesn't deserve either of them because he's a dick. Um, but yeah, he like the whole time, especially for the like first third of the movie before they actually get to the city, they're just constantly endangering their, uh, their wives trying to push for this thing. And like their wives don't care about being rich. Like Miyagi likes having her fancy kimono, but all she really wants is for Ginjiro just to like settle down and for the two of them to make pottery together and maybe have like enough money to, to survive, but she's not looking for riches the same way he is but they are doing so much to endanger them. And as soon as they get a taste for another life, they are just gone and forget about their wives until like eventually they feel bad. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminded like the first third of this movie sort of reminded me of the honeymooners and that like, <laughs> like, Oh, here comes another, uh, get rich quick, quick scheme with Ralph and Norton and the wives are there along for the ride. <laughs> and then, uh, and then it, uh well and then it turns pretty sour um i was waiting for the other shoe to drop for tobey as well like he just mm-hmm. ends up stumbling into a samurai's life and that's the rest of the story for him really mm-hmm. i mean like he doesn't uh there's no comeuppance for him at all whereas genjiro at the very least um is tortured by the fact that like, oh crap, I've been with a ghost and, um, you know, he's, he's got at least some remorse for what he's done. I, I, I don't know. I think that he is struck by the fact that his, he didn't realize it, but his wife has gone into prostitution and like the pain that she's had because of him, like is a similar pain, um, to to uh the other guy that i'm sorry I, i'm always blinking on Ginjiro everybody's name Ginjiro. yeah um i you know uh yeah so i i think that he has a uh kind of a moment of guilt i don't know i maybe you didn't believe him uh in that scene where he said like i i thought that you'd be happy for me and and he seems genuinely kind of confused no, about what's happened I, to her so i i definitely believed him because right but like as they're doing their procession or whatever he's like well i gotta go you know i gotta go tell somebody about you know what a great person i am i have to i've got to go home and and mm. and uh you know he's obviously talking about ohama like i have to go back and see my wife and show her look i became a great samurai like that's he obviously didn't forget about her yeah. but it's more of a like which one of these things is worse type thing. Yeah. Like, you know, the life that she had to, you know, or that she had to, uh, uh, sort of go through while, you know, he was doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as it, it, like I said, as little sympathy as I have for both Kinjiro and Tobey, uh, Tobey, it, even though he seems like the initially the more cruel of the two wanting to like run off to war, um, and, and the, I want to talk about a little more the way he becomes a samurai, it paints him in a pretty negative light. Uh, I will say that his moment of redemption when he finds Ohama and is legitimately surprised 
uh, and upset. And the fact that like, even though he had all these big dreams, he does leave behind being a samurai to go back and live in the village with her. That's true. Uh, he, he throws away all those riches and he doesn't care that she has been driven to prostitution or assaulted by those soldiers. He just loves his wife. So I will say that like, I, I, I appreciate the, the film for having the like sympathy for Ohama to give her a happy ending, even if it like puts her through the ringer through mm-hmm. to get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I guess I, I see it as illustrating these guys, bad behavior. I, I, I still think the morality tale is pretty strong within this, <laughs> like illustrating these guys, bad behavior. And then they have to sort of reckon with it when they realize how the way that they have act, acted has like wrecked these other people's lives that they actually cared about, you know, but weren't thinking about. Um, yeah. I thought it was effective. Um, so uh, moving on to favorite parts, Joey, what was your favorite part? Hmm. Uh, I mean, that that scene where that we were just talking about where uh, Tobey confronts his wife after uh, she's become a prostitute and stuff is one of my favorite parts, just because that's where it really kind of clicked, like what was going on and what I like about this movie. But we've already talked about that. I, I a part I really liked just because it was cool that we haven't talked about yet is where uh, he's uh, where um, uh, Genjiro, right? Uh, sorry, I'm so bad with. Yeah. Yeah. Genjiro is uh, staying over at the ghost house and there's uh, and her like dead father is pleased and he's <laughs> like chanting from the uh, the armor sitting in a little like shrine area or whatever. And, uh, that was the only like really super kind of like spooky supernatural part. Um, and I thought that that was cool, um, and stood out for sure. Mm -hmm. Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joey's initial one was also my first one too. Uh, I'd really love the face that he makes when he realizes that, um, it's Otama. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Ohama. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, but um, I did have a backup, and my backup is um, uh, towards the end of his stay at the at the ghost's mansion, where he's like flailing about with the sword, <clears throat> and uh, there's some really cool camera and lighting stuff going on to really hammer in the fact that she's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she she and her retainer uh, keep um, Wakasa and her, ta- and her and her retainer keep like uh walking backwards into the darkness and there's some echo to the, mm. to her voice and uh i thought that was a really cool like uh quote unquote special effect um just like a trick of the light and a trick of the camera to um to show that uh yeah they're ghosts <laughs> um, i uh i i i thought that was really cool i like that a lot uh, i actually had a lot of favorite parts even though i i just said i hate this movie um <laughs> The, the main thing I wanted to highlight is the music where I just feel like it gives you such an incredible sense of unease mm. uh, mm-hmm. whenever it shows up. It is very much like classic horror movie kind of uh, very atonal, upsetting music that sets the mood for a ghost story that is does not show up until much later in the film. 
but is very effective once supernatural stuff starts actually occurring. Um, another scene I wanted to highlight is when he first, uh, when Gendro is first led into the manor where we just go through these, uh, tall reeds into a decrepit front door. Um, this reminded me a lot of the, the one segment in, uh, Quaidan, um, with the, uh, with the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, both, both the like kind of look of the exterior of the manor and just the whole vibe, uh, even when he's, he's doing that sword swinging stuff at the end, but just like the sense of something is incredibly not right here, uh, in that initial approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah another I thing think- that made me think of, uh, quite on or kite however you want to say it, uh, is the, like the script written on him to protect him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's not quite as like beautifully crafted as it is in Kaidan, but like, (laughs) um, but it definitely was like, that's another kind of cool bit of supernatural folklore stuff uh, built in. Although this has reminded me of another, another thing where I am lacking sympathy for Ginjiro, whereas Tobey like repented once he realized what, he had done to Ohama. Uh, Ginjiro, his moment of repentance is not sympathy for Miyagi, but because uh, some old priest tells them that uh, basically he married a ghost and he's going to die if he doesn't leave her. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think he's redeemed at that point. I think I think his <laughs> moment is when he gets when he realizes that his wife is dead at the mm-hmm. very very end. Um, as is not redemption, but. Um, reckoning i guess is what i would say um reconciliation sure yeah (laughs) like she it's it's less that he is redeemed and more that miyagi gets to make peace Mm. with him before she goes uh speaking of which that's the final like uh really impressive scene i wanted to talk about where when genjiro first comes back to the village and comes back home his house is dilapidated and empty. The, the, there's no fire, um, in, in the center of the room, no candles lit. And he walks through the the house calling for Miyagi and exits out the back and makes a loop and the camera mm-hmm. tracks kind of to the side to mm-hmm. watch him come back. And then when it, when he comes back through the house again, the fire is lit. And Miyagi is there waiting for him. And it's just a really impressive kind of like a not quite special effect, but nice little trick shot that they do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that part's cool. I also, at, at that point I was like, oh, okay, now they're all ghosts. Fun. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they're all, now they're all dead. Ooh, yeah, that, spooky. That's when we were like, this guy doesn't deserve a single ghost wife, let alone two of them. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't deserve to be a ghost. <laughs> he doesn't get to uh walk through walls and fly around and uh <laughs> possess uh inanimate objects. That's too fun. <laughs> it's too fun for him. Uh so moving on, uh shall we dance? If this was remade for US audiences, uh what would be different or could it be done? Joey. Hmm. Yeah, this is the segment I always forget to actually prep for. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it could be told. I do think that a thing, a strength in this is the 
specificity of the time period and place that it's taking place. Because like I said, um, the, the sort of like desperation of everyone involved, um, including those supposedly in power, the samurai, like, um, does kind of like inform a little bit of these people's actions. But I think you could tell a similar story, uh, set in America or, or anywhere else in the world. Um, but it might come off a little different. Yeah. Alex, what do you think? I think, uh, I think you need like, a like a Harrison Ford or, uh, like I'm, I'm thinking of that movie where Michelle Pfeiffer is like his ghost wife or whatever. Oh, that movie is horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did he Michelle like Pfeiffer drowned her or whatever? Spoilers. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, what sorry. lies beneath is that <laughs> something like that. I don't yeah. know. I've, I've only seen the he drowned some part. other girl that possesses his wife or something. Yeah. Like Gosh. I could, I could see there being an, like, look, if there's any sort of Japanese horror movie in any capacity, uh, they'll find some way to remake it. <laughs> that's, True. That's my, uh, it's my experience. So um, I, I do believe this can be remade uh, as far as the specifics go. I don't think it would be very compelling if it took place like during pilgrim times. Yeah. Unless mm. it was directed by the same guy who did the lighthouse and the witch like that'd be kind of baller. Oh yeah. <laughs> that'd be actually really cool. Get married um, to a sea witch. Yeah. I, I'd kiss. I know that. <laughs> Uh, I think, I think there is precedent for this considering the folk tales that it's based on were originally Chinese and mm-hmm. already adapted from Chinese setting to Japanese. Like there's, uh, especially folk tales and morality tales and, and things of the like, uh, usually translate pretty well, um, across cultures. But honestly, the thing that I thought about a lot with this is, uh, a serious man. Mm. And the idea that you could like have a kind of like framing vignette of like actual supernatural stuff at the beginning and then just have kind of like a increasingly absurd or bizarre real life uh, kind of modern day. That's interesting. Um, construction of the rest of the movie. Yeah, I think what you said is true. Like the basic, the the sort of basic core of this is like you should value your family over your own personal gain. Uh, and I think that that crosses cultures for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I haven't thought about a serious man. At all. I, I, I think about a serious man every now and again because film Twitter loves Cy Abelman. Uh, yeah, I was like, you constantly tweet about Cy Abelman. I, I thought mean, it was con- always on your mind. I mean, yeah, Cy Abelman himself is on my mind. The, the movie <laughs> A Serious Man, I haven't watched actually since it came out. That's so um, good. Saw it in the theater. Um, Embrace the mystery. Uh, yeah, good movie. Um, but I haven't watched it in a while. Gotta revisit it. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think the, either the Coens making a modern take on, on this or uh, Eggers, uh, I can't remember his first name, the White House director, doing his own period piece version, I think would both work really well. Cohen's would want to make it a cowboy movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that wouldn't be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be all right. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a different take on the samurai to cowboy pipeline. Mm-hmm, definitely. The Takashi Shimura Award. Who gave the most memorable performance? 
Alex. Uh, Tobey had fun faces. Therefore, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. Like whenever he was on screen, I, I like that's when I was the most interested in the movie, like his stuff. Yeah, I, I found him really interesting. I'm a little sad that his filmography is not more robust, but I, I do think he was just like his style and just face lent him to being a like probably goon. lent him to being a, a goon for, for Yakuza <laughs> yeah. movies. Definitely. Uh Joey, what do you think? Yeah, this is one this is this is one that I always have in my mind and kind of through most of the movie I was having a hard time. I did think about Tobey. Um but um who at, at the very end uh Miyagi um uh, Kinuyo Tanaka, I think sealed it for me because I, you know, I had been really feeling for her, but it's also the circumstances that make you do that, uh, somewhat. But, um, that last scene at night where it kind of zooms in on her and you see her kind of, uh, grieving, uh, or something, um, um, or maybe making peace. Like she just has a lot of these kind of things going on, uh, I thought was pretty uh, masterfully acted and was very powerful um, and made a big impact. Uh, so as far as like scene stealing, she really like took it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she's also really great. And, and like I said, uh, Mizuguchi himself uh, loved her and would constantly say that she was the best actress in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of if that was true or not. And she was also apparently the one actor that he would not like ride constantly to do better takes. He <laughs> would, he, she would, even if she wasn't doing her best, he would apparently just be like, okay, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I looked up her filmography and she's, I, the only other thing I've seen besides Redbeard is she's also a Taurus on Madonna, but she's a little less memorable. Like mm-hmm. I remember that movie being pretty good, but, um, I, I didn't, she didn't really stand out to me in that one, but, um, I think she, she has so many movies that, uh, I think especially, uh, the ones with this director would be worth checking out. Yeah. I definitely want to watch life of Aharu. Yeah. Just because that's supposed to be his like best movie, even though it's more well-regarded in Japan than here in America. Um, my scene ceiling performance, none of the principal cast really stood out to me in that way. Um, but somebody who I was just like instantly magnetized by when he was on screen is actually the like samurai general mm. that um, Tobey initially makes his pleas to and eventually brings the head of the rival general. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got that real goofy facial hair, but he is just like real chewing the scenery just like very bellicose and laughing and i love his character trait of like he obviously knows that that tobey did not actually kill this general and is making no uh no ambiguity about like oh you you got lucky and found this head huh uh and just that whole scene of where he's he like clearly knows what happened but he's like well you brought it anyway, so here's your here's your reward. What do you mm-hmm. want? Um, just both both times when he's rejecting Tobey and in that scene, I just really liked that guy. And I'm afraid I couldn't find, uh, couldn't pinpoint which which actor he was or if he'd been anything else. Yeah, he was great. Uh, 
For a moment, I thought you were going to say the uh, the village chief. He's pretty good, too. I like mm-hmm. that. Just this wise old man pops in occasionally. Yeah, he's got that uh, that wise old man village chief hat and yep. walking stick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Joey. Uh, actually, do do we have any other final thoughts on the film? Want to get out of the way? Uh, no, I, I, I would recommend folks check it out. I, I liked it a lot. Um, it's, in, I was kind of surprised to hear both of you, uh, less enthusiastic about it, but that's, uh, that's the way it goes. <laughs> I think it's definitely worth watching. I just felt very, very frustrated by it and that I had very little sympathy for the, yeah, I think that's understandable. For the minute follows. Yeah. I don't know, uh, what I was expecting. Um, Maybe I was expecting a little more ghosty stuff from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go in go expecting this to be like a spooky ghost film, it really does let down on that aspect because it's not like there's there's a little menace to Lady Waxa and definitely some like, like I said, that because of the, the soundtrack, especially the unease whenever you're in the manor, like something is not right. But there's never any like scare payoff. It's yeah. just uh, it's more melancholy and tragic. Yeah. Uh, just uh, last week, uh, I watched uh, Kuroneko and um, that's a ghost story. That's, I think, probably from around the same time period. And like that movie is a little less, uh, I'd say, like <laughs> nuanced and stuff, uh, but mm-hmm. it's a lot more fun. Like the ghosts will like flip around and there's this very dramatic lighting and stuff, uh, kind of abstract imagery and things like that. Um, so if you're looking for something similar vibes, but maybe a little more just kind of fun uh, ghost antics, um, I'd ch- uh, recommend Kuroneko. That uh, came out in 1968. Okay. And yeah, that's definitely something that I would categorize as a ghost movie versus this, which I kind of felt like is more a movie with some ghosts in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ghost adjacent. <laughs> and there's a ghost. <laughs> uh, so, Joey, what are we doing next time? Next time. Speaking of uh, characters that you have a hard time sympathizing with, um, <laughs> we're going to be returning to the world of Torasan. Um, I mentioned him a couple times earlier this episode. Uh, we're going to be watching, skipping ahead uh, from the time period that we've been covering a lot of films uh, to 1987. Uh, Torasan Goes North is a uh, Torasan Toshiro Mifune buddy comedy movie. Oh, wow. With a title <laughs> like that, you'd, you'd think that he'd be uh, meeting Elijah Wood. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Walking around the globe. Um, yeah. is is much problems or as many problems as I have with Torasan. I'm my rugged exterior is slowly softening. <laughs> um, you just have to wear you. It's <laughs> <laughs> got enough movies to do it. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, him playing off Mifune or vice versa. Yeah, this is a fun one. This is like one of, if maybe not the Mifune like fi- last role. I don't know if it's his final role, but it's, during a period where he kind of stopped being in movies as frequently. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, late eighties. Uh, well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at risky chat, V R I S K A C H A T 
Alex, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at dude exclamation, all one word. Um, please uh, listen to One Piece podcast every week and uh, check out Super Art Fight on twitch.tv slash Super Fight. Joey. Thanks. And I am at Joey Weiser on Twitter and Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. I've uh, been posting a lot of art recently, so uh, check it out. Uh, the Instagram is more um, solely art focused, but Twitter, I talk about movies and, and whatever. <laughs> And um, recently announced, uh, I have a book coming out in June, uh, Dragon Racer. So now is the time to pre-order Dragon Racer. Uh, please and thank you. Um, and keep an eye on my uh, social media accounts where I'll be talking about maybe how you can order signed copies and things like that. Um, and if I'm able to do any sort of, uh, I don't know, digital events or anything like that, that'll all be uh, coming out on my social media stuff uh, first and foremost. So uh, yeah, but please, please uh, check out Dragon Racer, uh, the previous book, Ghost Hog. Uh, both of those are self-contained, so you can read one without the other, but why not read them both? Um, and the Merman series and all that stuff. Um, as for the podcast, uh, you can follow Toho Yaro on Twitter, uh, like Toho Yaro on Facebook. Uh, you can send us messages there. We don't update as much as we do on Twitter. Uh, that's where we really talk about uh, any news, uh, upcoming episodes, uh, general Japanese movie news or cool stuff that we come across. Um, and you can email us tohoyaro at gmail.com as uh, another good way to get uh, a hold of us. And please like, subscribe, and review on your podcast listening device of choice. We'd really, really appreciate it and help spread the word. Um, we'd really appreciate that. And check us out next episode for Torasan Goes North. Uh, before we go, I just want to point out, since Godzilla's in the zeitgeist, if uh, if you've got friends that like Godzilla or are interested and haven't heard our podcast, we've covered a lot of Godzilla movies. Yeah. Uh, so point them our way if you would be so kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, including Shin Godzilla, um, mm -hmm. which... Uh, after the big hype of uh, Shin Ultraman trailer dropping and stuff, people might be more interested in talking about Shin Godzilla again. So, yeah, please check that out. All right. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.